Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Good morning, North family. Good to be with you this morning. Uh, good morning. And all of you guests that might be here, we're so glad that you are here today with us. And those of you that couldn't make it in person, you're watching online, we're glad that you're here as well. Hey, before we dive into our teaching time this morning, um, I just want to uh, go over a couple things with you. And one is just a reminder that you've been given a three-person invite challenge. Uh, for some of you that's like, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about inviting three people to Christmas Eve. Some of you are like, I can do three a day, you know. But um, the reminder is that this is a time when people are open and needing to be reminded of why this season is special and about God's love for them. And so we're very happy to invite as many people in our relational sphere as possible to come and hear and be part of a time of worshiping the Lord. So uh, may God continue to bless you as you invite those people you live by, you work with, you go to school with, and that you encounter throughout the community. So you've been given a three-person invite challenge. Hope that's going well for you. The other is I want to give you a little bit of a forecast for how we're going to be starting next year. We're only just a few weeks away from starting the new year. Isn't that kind of crazy? And so um, being the new lead pastor, uh, there's been some curiosity about like, where are we going next year? What are we doing? And I just have landed in a place that I honestly sense that the Lord says, where I need you to really um, lean into to start next year is just prayer and time in the Word. And so uh, there's a verse, it's Acts 6-4, that says we devoted ourselves, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And that's going to really be like a theme verse for us for the year. That that's, that's a verse that we want to live out uh, as a group of elders and staff, but also as a community, as a family, that we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And here's what that, that's going to look like. The way you typically start a year uh, can set the tone for the rest of the year. And so we want to start with a strong sense of how to devote ourselves to uh, prayer in the ministry of the Word. In fact, devote will really be like the word, the emphasis for the year. And so a couple of uh, uh, fun initiatives we're going to be uh, implementing. One is we're going to be having something called Seek Week. Seek Week is going to be a time where we're going to have multiple opportunities to come. We're going to turn this really into kind of a sacred space to just come for worship and prayer. And uh, it's kind of thinking of it as a, a tithe of prayer and worship for the whole year that we're going to give to the Lord out of the first. When we give our tithes, it's the first fruit. And so as we start the year, we're going to give a, a first fruit of attentiveness to the Lord. And so uh, the date's right there up on the screen. And we're going to be doing a, a Sunday night prayer and worship time on the 7th. And then we're going to have uh, the 8th and then the 10th and the 12th. And so there's going to be multiple, and they're all going to build on each other as well as stand alone. So the challenge I'm giving you is come to as many as you can. And the first night's going to be a time where we come together and we just say, Lord, we're, just still me. Man, there's busyness, there's stress, there's chaos, there's whatever there is. Um, I just want to be still before the Lord. Silence is wonderful and awkward, but it's necessary. And so Sunday night's going to be just still before the Lord. And then Monday night, we're going to come back together and just say, Lord, now empty me. There are attitudes, behaviors, addictions, patterns in my life that are there. Lord, we're just going to ask you to empty me. And then Wednesday night, we'll come back and say, now, Lord, fill me up. 
Fill me with more of the peace, the hope, the joy, the strength, the power that you have available for me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Friday is going to be use me. Now, now release me to be used for your glory, for your purposes. That's the, the flow. So we're going to be uh, doing this thing called Seek Week of intense times of prayer and worship as a church. Come to as many as you can. And then also, we're going to be uh, reading a book together. And it's just this small book right here. It's called 21 Days of Breakthrough Prayer. Uh, we're going to have these available starting next week. So maybe you want to grab one per family, one per couple, or one per person. It's your call. Some of you are like, nope, making my own notes. Got my own stuff going on. Got my own book. Some of you like, leave it on the coffee table. We'll take turns or we'll read it together, whatever. But it's 21 days of consecutive prayer that will impact your life, your family, and us as a community. And it's going to be a wonderful time together. So we're going to kick this off on the 7th and then culminate. And then on the 28th of January, we're going to have one uh, kind of culmination time of worship and celebration and conclusion of the book and really have a sharing time of what the Lord did as we spent 21 days all praying the same prayers uh, with the same emphasis. So that's how our new year is going to be starting. I just wanted to give you a heads up to that and uh, prepare you so you can be excited and you can be aware of how we're going to be starting uh, 2024. Now, uh, on the other hand, Christmas is 15 days away. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Christmas is 15 days away, and Christmas is an absolutely beautiful season. Uh, it's a deeply meaningful season. Now, it's not meaningful just because we get to spend extra time with family. It's not just meaningful because we have Christmas lights and gifts and decorations and special gatherings. Those are all wonderful, but it's meaningful because of what uh, causes the season. It's the incarnation, when God became flesh and lived among us. And so we uh, recognize how meaningful the season is because of God's gift of his son, God's gift of himself. God is a giver. There's a verse in the Bible, it's James 1.17, it says this, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is truly a giver of gifts, good gifts, perfect gifts, meaningful gifts. So it's very appropriate that when we celebrate the birth of Christ, one of the greatest gifts we've ever received, uh, one of our traditions is to give gifts to one another. But we want to just take this time, we've been going through this series called Advent Conspiracy, to remind ourselves that we want those gifts to be meaningful. Because I don't know about you, but some of the gatherings I've been in recently, we've been talking about sometimes the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas, sometimes it feels like guilt is driving that, pressure, obligation, or sometimes just um, a consumeristic or worldly you know, push to do so. And so we don't want to lose uh, the, the focus of having gifts being meaningful when we give gifts. Now, uh, when you think about a meaningful gift, what makes a gift perhaps Meaningful. Is it just because we, we wrapped it or we put it in a box? And so i uh, got a lovely little gift here. Uh, let's see what's in it. All right, let's see what's in this gift here. You guys are laughing. What's, what's, all right, got a little gift here. Oh, I have been wanting one of these for a long time. Nothing says I love you like a good, ugly Christmas sweater. <sighs> this is a meaningful gift right here. Some of you are going, can I have that gift? That's a pretty nice sweater. Um, this is a gift. You know, maybe there was meaning behind it, maybe there wasn't, but what makes a gift truly meaningful? Because the reality is, all of us can go into a store, 
and grab a gift card on an envelope or go online and click buy now or send or whatever, and we can get a gift within seconds. Grab the gift bag, grab the tissue, grab the gift, stuff it, give it, and check the box. We're done giving our gift, right? Moving on. But does that make a gift meaningful? You know, is, is an ugly sweater meaningful? Perhaps, but maybe it's just something to give because we typically give gifts. So if we want to imitate God's gift of a meaningful gift of Christmas, then we too have to lean into thinking about how we give gifts in a meaningful way. Let me just ask you a question to think about for yourself. You don't need to share this right now with your neighbor, but what's one of the most meaningful gifts you've ever given, right? Not just a gift that you've received. We've talked a lot about what have been some great gifts that you've received, but what's been one of the most meaningful gifts you've actually ever given to someone else? And you saw how impactful that was. You saw how meaningful that was to those people and to you. That's part of what's at the heart of Advent conspiracy. So when we talk about Advent conspiracy, again, the word Advent means arrival. And so we're uh, celebrating the arrival of Jesus the first time when he came as a baby. Uh, we're anticipating and waiting. We're going to you know, celebrate that at the end of the service with Lord's Supper together. But the coming arrival, when Jesus comes again a second time. And so we talk about arrival. We talk about conspiracy, which is an ability to agree to act together for a common goal, that you conspire together for a common goal. So the Advent Conspiracy is a purposeful effort to engage Christmas in a way that's meaningful and truly celebrates and demonstrates the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And we have been going over these four responses that the birth of Christ can bring into our lives. So a few weeks ago we talked about the birth of Christ makes us want to worship fully. We talked about how we can also spend less. Like we don't have to be gross with our expenditures to celebrate the birth of Christ. And so Pastor Brent talked about how we can spend less. Today's emphasis is how we can give more. And not in the sense of giving more stuff, right? Or giving more money, but giving more meaningfully. And kind of leaning into our understanding again how the gift of Christ was meaningful to us. So with that, I want to turn to probably the most well known Bible verse in all of Christianity, probably the most memorized and familiar and recognized verse. Any guesses what it is? John 3.16. How many of you got it right? All right, all right, pat yourself on the back, all right. Yeah, let's look at John 3.16 together. And as you're turning to John 3.16, I want to go through that verse. It's always rich to go back to a familiar verse and, and re-engage it kind of like a, like a sponge, just wring it out, see what else is there, because it, be, it can become stale and too familiar. This is a beautiful verse, and it's a meaningful verse. And I want to use that verse to highlight four insights into how God gives. And then the challenge for us will be to try to take those insights and learn how to apply them in our own lives. So open your Bibles or your Bible apps to John 3.16. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one for free. There's a Bibles at the Information Center. If you're like, I don't have a Bible app, there's some recommended apps that we uh, recommend for you that are on the screen there um, if you're not familiar with the Bible apps or would like one. And uh, what we've made available for this series is we've encouraged all of you to have a, a series booklet. I do want to remind you that there was an error in the printing of this booklet. So the notes for today's teaching, which is week three, are actually found in week two. So Brent talked about the last week where his notes were in week three and my notes are in week two. So just, you'll need to find those. There's some fill in the blanks there um, if you love doing that. And so that'll uh, get you on track if you're tracking with us. All right, let's look at John 3, 16. 
Hopefully you're there. I'm going to invite you to read it with me. All right? So let's read this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 16 and 17. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these verses, this incredible gem that summarizes the gospel so well, summarizes your heart, your plan, your hope, summarizes the invitation that you've given all of us, the whole world, to come to you. And so, Lord, as we are in this season of celebrating the birth of Christ, Father, we would help you, ask you to help us open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts, and how we can continue to make the celebration of the greatest gift you've ever given meaningful. So help us to do that today in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. amen. In this passage, I think we have four insights into how God gives. The first one is this, God gives lovingly. God gives lovingly. For God so loved the world that he gave. God's giving to us is motivated by love. He loves those who love him. He loves those who do not love him. Like God is love and he gives his love. And his love for us motivates him to give. There's a book called the Advent Conspiracy Book. And in it, it's a great quote. It says, apart from the incarnation, right? God becoming flesh. We would never fully know the depths to which we are loved or the lengths to which God can be trusted. That's what we celebrate each Christmas. And so Christmas is a time where we celebrate just how much God loves us and just how much he gave uh, when he gave us his son. Now here's the reality. You can give a gift to someone and actually not love them. But it's going to be a hard task to actually love someone and not want to give them a gift. Like loving someone leads you to want to give of yourself, to give gifts. And so in the same way, God's love for you, God's love for the person next to you, God's love for the person you can't stand, that kind of love motivated him to give us his son. And when you give out a love, you give more. That's the reality. Not necessarily more items, not necessarily more gifts that cost more money, but when your motive is love, then you give more meaningfully of yourself out of that motivation of love for the recipient of the gifts. So think of all the gifts that you're going to give in the days and months ahead. And how is each gift an expression of your love for the person you're giving the gift for? How can you make that gift more meaningful, more lovely? Are you giving it by obligation? Are you giving it out of tradition? Are you giving it uh, driven by chronic consumerism or impulse? Um, if so, does that make that gift meaningful? Are you actually giving more? What's your motive to why you give what you give to who you give it to? So we see here, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so we see that God gives lovingly. Therefore, as followers of Christ, we too should give more meaningfully by giving loving as well to others. Uh, secondly, we see that God gives relationally. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The birth of Christ was a gift wrapped in relationship. Our Father in heaven gave us, his beloved children, 
his very own son. That speaks relationship. This is not a gift that's disconnected from wanting to be with us. When God gave us Christ, it was his way of saying, not only do I love you, but I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be intimately connected to you. I want us to have relationship. And so the gift of Christ was a gift of relationship, was an invitation into relationship. And so uh, God did not want us to give uh, more just stuff from him. And he gives us plenty, right? Our jobs, our food, our, our clothing. God, God has provided plenty in our lives. But when he gave Christ, it was his way of saying this was a relational gift. I want to be with you. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God wanted to be with us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want you to think about that for a second. We know very well that even on our best day, there are aspects of who we are that would make us not be a person to be with. Like we know we're a hot mess. We know that we have flaws. We have all these issues. We look at the ugliness in our lives that we're capable of and thought, word, deed, attitude, and it should just be an awestruck concept that God wants to spend time with us. He wants relationship with us. And so when we think about the birth of Christ, not only do we hear God say, I love you, we hear God say, I want to be with you. God's present was his presence. That's what we talked about last week, right? That when we think about Christmas, it's God's present of his presence. God became flesh. So how can our celebration of Christmas reflect the beautiful moment when God gave us his presence in a unique, powerful relational flesh and blood way. It was him wanting to be with us. And so we live in an ever-growing, disconnected society. Uh, You don't have to go that much further than social media. Like you can look at all the different platforms, right? Facebook and X and Twitter and Snapchat and you you name it, Instagram, all of those. And it's amazing how, in one hand, you can scroll through hundreds of people's lives and still not feel connected. And so we're kind of on a train going down a road of increased isolation, increased disconnect. I was talking about this with someone a while back. You know, when the TV first came out, you got to remember, the whole family would gather around one screen, and it would be a shared experience that they had together, and it connected them. Now you walk into the average family, everybody's on their own screen, either in their own rooms, on their own screen in the same room, and even though they're present, they're not. They're actually disconnected because everybody's in their own world. And so we live on this, in this world where that train's continuing toward greater isolation. And this is a gift that calls us back to God made us to be relational. God made us for face-to-face connect. And so we enjoy and appreciate some of the um, benefits that technology gives us, some of the benefits that those apps bring into our lives, but there's a line that we cross, if we're not careful, where they can actually make us unrelational, right? Social media can make you unsocial. And so we come back at Christmas and go, God wants a gift that he's given us to be relational in nature. So therefore, when we look at the gifts we give, how can they actually promote relationship? How can they increase connection with people face-to-face, in person, if possible. And so we have to process that understanding. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God's gift 
of his son is meaningful because it's a relational gift. And because God gives relationally as followers of Christ, not only should we give lovingly, but we should also give relationally to the best of our ability with the gifts that we give. Thirdly, we see this. God gave impactfully. It's not a word you use all the time, but it's true. God gave impactfully. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God's gift of Christ made a difference. It actually made the difference to humanity. He met a need. He met the greatest need that humanity had. And so when you step back and think about the overall narrative of humanity, the greatest need we have is a solution for our sins. Because we all know that at our hearts, we're rebels. We don't naturally run to God. We naturally want to run away from God. And so our sins, we think about this high, holy, perfect God. When we think of sin, we think that we fall short of his moral standard. Uh, the word sin really means to like fall short. So God's standard of perfection is here. We all know that we fall. We can't hit that. And so we look at our thought lives. We look at our actions. We look at our attitudes. Um, we look at the good things that we know we're supposed to do, and we don't do them. And we have a lot of sinfulness in our lives. And we don't have the ability to solve that problem. We have zero ability to deal with our sin issue. See, the heart of our issue is the issue of the heart. And we have sin. And so when God gave his son, he was giving a gift that had the greatest impact possible to humanity. That through the birth, the perfect life, the sacrificial death on the cross, the uh, supernatural resurrection from the grave, um, the 40 days of evidencing himself alive among those uh, that saw him resurrected, uh, his ascension to heaven, his promised return back to earth, this gospel narrative that we love and that we need to remind ourselves every day is a beautiful gift from God. Uh, this was him giving a gift that we had no ability to take care of on our own. And so for those of us who have come to that place of repentance and submission and trusted in Christ as our Savior, we've received this gift of eternal life. We've received forgiveness in Christ. That gift is the most impactful gift possible, the greatest gift possible that was made available through the one whose birth we celebrate. And so if Christmas is a time where we celebrate the most impactful gift of forgiveness through Christ, we recognize that God's gift changed our lives. It impacted our lives. When you give gifts, not just at Christmas, but all throughout the year, does it impact lives? Does it make a difference? And there are some of those gifts that are small, just a lot of little ways that just say, I love you and I care for you and I think about you. But on a regular basis, we should also be thinking about what can I give that's going to make a great impact in that of the recipient? And so what needs do you see in the people around you? Right? What needs? Like God saw a need that we had, and he met the need. When you look at the ones around you, the lives around you, what needs do you see, and how can you move into those needs through this amazing, beautiful opportunity to give gifts? That's how God wants us to think. 
That's how we recognize his heart is, and that should affect our heart. And so if we want to give more meaningfully, if we want to tap into the spirit of Christmas, we come back to the fact that God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's a gift of great impact, which means we as followers of Christ should also give gifts of great impact. And the last insight we see in this very well-known and loved verse is that God gives sacrificially. Look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We just have to remember that uh, God's gift of Christ, although our salvation is free, right, through just trust and belief, it still was costly. Uh, we see a picture sometimes that pops up around this time of year. Uh, you, you might recognize it. It says, tis the season and tis the reason. And it's half wreath and half crown of thorns. It's a reminder that Christ was born to die. You can't look at the wood mangers that we so often see in the nativity scenes and not think about rearranging that wood to assemble a cross that he's going to die on. And so God gave us a gift that was sacrificial to him. And so we must never detach the birth of Christ from the death of Christ. He was born to die. And remember, Christ's birth and Christ's life and his death is God saying, I love you, I want to be with you, and I'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. I will sacrifice so that you and I can be together forever. So when we think of Christmas, we think of Christ's birth, we think of God's sacrificial gift of his son. We think that because God uh, giving us in a sacrificial way, then as followers of Christ, we should do the same. Uh, there's a verse, Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So we see two big reinforcers in that passage. One, we're to imitate God. God gave out of love. He gave a gift that was impactful. It was relational. It was sacrificial. So if we're going to imitate him in our lives and even in our gift giving, then how too can we give gifts that are going to be loving? They're going to be relational if they can. They're going to be you know, uh, meaningful, sacrificial. They're going to be um, impactful in those ways. That's what we keep coming back to. And we come back to this point of sacrifice. So when you think about gift giving, even like in the weeks to come, what are the sacrifices that you're making? How are we making a difference? I remember uh, years ago, uh, I asked uh, our children what they would like to get for their grandparents. And uh, one of them said, I just, want, I just want to give them some money for gifts. I'm like, that's good. What if instead you just spent some time and you got out of a special box and just wrote special notes to them that every week they could just pull out one of those notes from their grandkids and read that. And they're like, nah, that'll just take too much time and effort. <laughs> right? Well, that's the way we think. And so you're right, that would take time. It would take effort. It also would make it more meaningful because you're really investing in the relationship. You're spending more time. It's going to have more impact. A lot of the gifts that we have given and received over the years, they either end up at the thrift store, the garbage, consumed in a box somewhere that we totally forget that we have it. 
But a lot of times as I've been having the conversations with people about some of the most meaningful gifts, it's the special trips with family. It was the special visits. It was the time together. It was all these other ways that they gave of themselves in a meaningful way. They gave more than just you would kind of anticipate or expect. And so God's saying no to keeping his son from experiencing the utmost pain on our benefit was him saying yes to us being forgiven and in relationship with him, and that was a sacrifice. And so when we look at these verses, we come back to this, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So Christmas reminds us that God gives sacrificially, therefore, as followers of Christ, of Jesus, we should too. So when you put all this together, God's gift of Christ is meaningful because he gave to us lovingly, relationally, impactfully, and sacrificially. He truly gave more. And so how are we going to lean into that? How, how are we going to imitate that, not just at Christmas, but all the year, to give more lovingly, motivated by love, to give more relationally? It's a personal or relational investment somehow. Um, it's more impactfully. It'll make a difference between a need. It might touch a heart. And sacrificially, it will cost us. Think about gifts like that. So, so we start thinking about how we can give gifts that might be really giving more and might be more meaningful. Maybe you want to start thinking about that which will allow you to spend time with people. Because that's the one commodity in life you never give back. You know what? You can lose some health and start eating better, start getting treatments, and actually re regain some of your health back. You can lose money and make it. Like a lot of that which you lose, you get back. You never, ever get time back. Once it's spent, it's gone. And so when we think about gift giving, how, how can we lean into an investment of time? Um, maybe it's something that's a, a more personal investment. Maybe it's a journal. For the people that have taken journals and they've written notes and meanings, meaningful things, and they, they give those as gifts. They fill up a journal with information and then give that as a gift, and that has a lot more meaning to it. Or maybe what you need to do is you just need to get that person and with them and spend time with them having a cup of coffee and catching up. I had a family member text me. We do um, some of our extended family, the, uh, you know, draw a name, you know, gift giving. And so the person who drew my name texted me yesterday and said, hey, what do you want, what's on your Christmas wish list? And I thought for a second, I thought, I just want a cup of coffee with you here in Scottsdale. And so they live out of state, but not too far. And so uh, I haven't got a response back yet. <laughs> But, you know, that, that would actually be a gift. That, that person can buy me a shirt or something else, and I'll appreciate that. That's great, and thank you. But you know what? Just a cup of coffee, catching up, getting a little bit of life on life, recouping some time, sharing some thoughts. That might be more meaningful. Or, or maybe you need to, you know, I've heard about some people that are planning that trip, right? They're getting in the car, or they're getting on a plane, and they're, they're going to pack up and they're going to go somewhere uh, with their family and take that special trip and build memories and build those kinds of things. Like, how can you lean into giving more of yourself that might, you know, convey just a little bit more than just the typical Christmas sweater, right? Which is not a bad gift. But are there ways you can give more meaningfully? If you want some more ideas, let me just rapid fire some ideas for you. Some of you are like, oh, cred, I gotta write. You can take pictures, it'll pop up on the screen. Uh, maybe on Christmas morning, you turn off your cell phone. Take those special hours to be present with your family and focus on the people that God put in your life. 
maybe you pass down memories by making a recipe book, a scrapbook, or a digital photo album and give that as a gift. Uh, maybe it's a membership to a club or sports or league or an activity or a class that you do something with. Uh, one year, Rick and I, we, we got dance lessons. Um, no, I forgot a lot of that stuff. But anyways, it was fun to just go. It was like five dates, you know. Um, we just went to dance lessons together. That invested in our relationship. Maybe you could do cooking classes or music lessons or rock climbing or painting or something that you're spending time together. Uh, give a puzzle that needs to be completed together. Uh, host a special dinner or a party or an outing or experience. Or give money toward a mission trip or a camp or a conference or a special spiritual growth opportunity. Uh, have a day uh, that you host serving people. That's kind of a twofer, right? You're going to spend time with people you love, but then you're serving a need in your community. And so you can have a serving event. Say, hey, what I want is I want to go serve. Or, hey, I'm inviting you to do this with me and go do that together and build memories and serve a need. Uh, skip the traditional Christmas presents. Plan a family trip or vacation. Uh, maybe you can make a bucket list of restaurants and parks and activities that you'd like to explore. Grab a friend or a family member and see how many you can do in the next year together. Like, you're only limited by your imagination of how you can actually give more during this time. Now, if you're overwhelmed, start small. I'm just going to try to do this with one person this year. Um, just step out there and experiment and explore with one person. So what I want to do right now is I want to give you guys just a moment uh, to get your uh, series booklets out, all right? And we've been doing this every week. But at the end of this time, there's two questions. I'm going to invite you to, to interact with those. We're going to give you a minute um, with these two questions. Based on what you heard this morning, first question is, what did the Holy Spirit impress on your heart today? Just as you listen to us teach through his word, talk about these concepts, what did the Holy Spirit stir inside of you? What did he impress on you? Just take a second, write down what comes to your mind. Go ahead. Next, there's a line that says, what practical ideas can you start doing this Christmas based on what you heard? Write down anything that has come to your mind. Capture it while it's fresh. Well, what if we do this? What if I do this? What if this happens? What are some practical ideas? Just take a minute and write down anything that's an action step for you. Go ahead. There might be some of you in this room, maybe even online, as you read that verse, as you heard that verse, as you heard about God's love for you, God's sacrifice of a son for you. What's stirring in you is the realization that you've never accepted that gift. You've never said yes to the invitation of God to, co to come into relationship by belief through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. Our invitation to you is like, don't delay accepting that gift any longer in your life. You just need to basically tell the Lord, Lord, I admit I'm a sinner, <laughs> and I need you. 
and I believe in Jesus and his death and resurrection, I want to follow him. And you make that profession of faith. And so whether you're doing that today or you would like to do that today or you would like to find out more, our desire and goal is just to come alongside you and help you, help you understand, help you take those next steps. And so you have a couple options. There's a card close to you. There's a pocket every couple chairs. There's a little card there that you can mark receiving Christ or like to find out more about Christ. Uh, come bring that to us in person. Uh, some of us are going to be hanging out here after the service. Uh, we'll pray for you. We'll help explain that to you if that's uh, a decision you need to make. If you have to leave quickly, but you still want to uh, kind of get that conversation going, put it in the boxes, our offering boxes on the way out, and we'll get that. We'll get in touch with you and talk more about our relationship with Christ. So my hope is that this time has helped you realize just how good of a gift giver God is, and then we want to Im imitate that, to give meaningfully, right? To give gifts that are more of ourselves, loving, relational, sacrificial, and impactful. So with that, um, we're going to transition to a very special moment as a congregation. Uh, this is a season we are celebrating the Advent, the coming of Christ. And when Jesus came, he lived that life, he died on that cross, he rose from the grave, and he's coming again. And Jesus told us that as we proclaim his death and waiting for his next Advent, his next arrival, to have a special meal together called the Lord's Supper, communion. And so this is a time for followers of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ yet, uh, no pressure. Please don't feel the need to participate. It's not authentic to you yet. But for those of you who've received Christ, this is a time uh, that we get to celebrate and take this meal together. And so we're going to take a minute. Uh, go ahead and stand. I'm going to invite everybody to stand right now. We've got the Lord's Supper elements around the room. And during this song, uh, just step on out, grab a piece of bread, grab a cup, hold on to it, and we're going to take it together here in a minute. Okay, let's worship. The gospel is a story of amazing love. Light of the world given for us. So before we take these elements, I just want to give you a minute just to talk to the Lord. What sins do you need to confess to Him? What uh, prayers of gratitude do you need to offer? Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, thank you. So just right now, take a minute. Lord, thank you for this. Lord, I confess. Lord, help me. Just, just take a minute and pray. Prepare your hearts. We'll take this here in a few seconds. So just talk to the Lord for a minute. night that Jesus was betrayed in an upper room with his followers he took bread he broke it and handed it out and said this is my body given for you take it and eat so my brothers and sisters remember the greatest gift of Jesus together take and eat and then he took a cup this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. And so right now when we drink this cup and remember the greatest gift that was ever given by God, forgiveness of sins through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So take and drink. Father, thank you so much for your great love. Thank you that you loved us beyond our understanding. Thank you that you want relationship with us Thank you that you've given us the greatest gift possible to your son, forgiveness, 
heaven, <laughs> mercy, grace. And God, thank you for the sacrifice. May we never forget the sacrifice you gave. And so God, as we enter this time of celebrating the birth of our Savior, God, help us to shift some of our thinking where it's needed to shift. Help us to think more creatively, incarnationally, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. That's our heart and prayer in Jesus' name. We all said together. Let's sing that one more time. Sing that chorus one more time. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.